All right. Well, once again, good morning, church family. It is an exciting day to share with you some really exciting news. Um, I'm going to reserve the statement, good news, uh, for the gospel. Uh, Today is exciting news, as I'm going to bring you uh, really what I'm going to call the state of the church address as it relates to our church. We've recently gone through the annual meeting of the denomination we're a part of, the Evangelical Covenant Church, as well as the annual meeting for our local church, Alexandria Covenant Church. And as a result of that, I want to share with you a little bit about where we've been, where we are, and where we are going as a church family. Let's pray. God, thank you for exciting news and celebrating stories to be able to share with our church family today. Lord, we are a privileged people who belong to the most special family on earth, the family of God, who've been called, who've been given purpose and mission and who have the great joy and privilege of doing life together, but also life with you, God. Thank you that the salvation that we have found in the person of Jesus Christ is not just for then and there, but is also for here and now. As we live out our lives as Christians, help us to be faithful in all ways, in advancing your kingdom, and being on mission to the glory of God. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So I've been in the position of senior pastor now for about a year and a half. And I am wanting you to know that I am super privileged and honored to serve you as your senior pastor. I'm also excited to highlight some of the ministry of the church of this past year and share with you directionally where I sense the Lord is leading us into the future. If I was to tell you that Jesus is the only hope in our world, what would you say to that? Amen. This section got it a little bit more than this one. Maybe that's because I was like this. So if I was to say that Jesus is the only hope of the world, what would you say to that? Yeah, like that, that's legit because he is. I'm going to lay for us a foundation of the church, Alexandria Covenant Church, before I highlight where we've been and where we're going. So hang with me. The church happens to be the means by which God has chosen to share the good news of Jesus with the world. We, the church, are quite literally the hands and feet of Jesus, still active and at work in this world through us and by the power of the Holy Spirit. In January, we began our journey through the book of Acts. And in the first few weeks, we defined the church as the Bible has defined the church for us. And and I want to share that definition with you. The church is the people of God, indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, who are gifted and equipped to live as the family of God, that are called to fulfill the mission of God by proclaiming the kingdom of God and the good news about Jesus to the world 
through our words and actions while being committed to live in obedience to the Word of God. This is who the church is. In the Bible, God has clearly defined for us the church. He's also clearly defined for us the mission of the church and the purpose of the church. As it relates to the mission of the church in Acts 1.8, we recognize and realize that the mission of the church is to be a witness for Jesus Christ in the world, telling people about him everywhere. We recognize throughout Scripture that the purpose of the church is to live as the family of God, glorifying and honoring God through our worship, through our fellowship together as believers, through discipleship as we grow up in Christ, through outreach as we share Jesus with others, and through our service to one another in the church and those outside the church as we utilize all that we have, our gifts and resources to meet the needs of those around us. We don't need to discover the mission or purpose of the church because God has already defined that for us. All we need to do is learn it and then live it out. But if there's something we must discover, what is it? I'm going to suggest to you today what we need to discover is how we can uniquely fulfill God's mission and purpose in this world as a local church. Through the Spirit-empowered followers who are part of this faith family, by using our God-given gifts, talents, and resources to steward the mission of God forward. The unique thing about us as a local church is that God has given us something special that makes us different than other local churches. Every local church and its fundamental core as a Bible-believing Christian church has the same mission and purpose. But based on our body's makeup, there's something unique about each local context that God has placed us in the world for something special. So what is it that God wants for the church? What is it that God wants for us? I want you to open your Bibles now to Ephesians chapter 4. And in beginning in verse 11, we'll read through 16. And the question I want to frame in your mind that I'm going to answer through this text is, what does God want for the church? Beginning in Ephesians 4 verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastor-teachers. I want to stop here for a moment while you're getting your place because the apostles were given to the early church and so were the prophets as they proclaimed the truth about God as he revealed it to them. We're told in scripture that the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church upon which Christ is the cornerstone. And from there, we have the evangelists and the pastor teachers who are assigned the task of building up the church throughout the future forward. And that brings us to today. Verse 12, their responsibility, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What does God want for the church? For us to be healthy and mature and full of love. We collectively are the body of Christ. We are the feet, the hands, the the ears, the eyes, the toes, the nose. I'm not sure which part you are, but whatever part you are, God wants you to live out in the context of a faith community. And if that's here, it's in the context of Alexandria Covenant Church. Every organization has a vision that helps us know where we're going. What's unique about the church is that we're not an organization. We're an organism. We're living. We're not dead. And Christ is the head. So what is the vision of Alexandria Covenant Church? Quite simply, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, our objective or our goal is to help people know God and to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. This is where we're going. This is what we're about. We have a mission. Ultimately, when we recognize through Scripture what God's mission for us as a church is, we realize that God's mission for us is to love God, to love people, and then to make disciples. The way we share that or express that here at Alexandria Covenant Church is that we are a body of believers who are committed to loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, so that we can share Jesus with the world. Remember, our vision is where we're going. Our mission is what we're doing while we are going. While we're going and making disciples, we're committed to loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus with the world. There are values that become guiding principles for our lives as a community of believers. And here at Alexandria Covenant, these are the the, the six stated values that the intent of these values is not just to be stated, but to become part of our DNA, how we operate, how we function as we're on mission for Jesus. The first value is that we're Bible-based. We recognize the Word of God as authoritative and living and active. We accept the Bible as our instruction manual for living out our faith and conduct in the context of a community of believers. We're people of grace. First and foremost, recipients of grace, God's grace. We don't don't deserve to be in the church, but because of God's grace, we are in the church. And therefore, by the grace that God's given us, we can now extend grace to others. So we love and accept one another just as God has accepted and loves us. 
Unity is mission critical to the church. We seek to be unified in heart and mind under the authority of Christ in all decisions relating to the mission and ministry of Alexandria Covenant. If we are divided, we can't successfully move forward together. So we will be a family who seeks to be unified in Christ. As it relates to mission, we're committed to preaching the gospel in word and deed of hopes of reaching lost people with the message of Christ, both at home and then throughout the world. Why do we partner with missionaries on a global context? Because we're intentional about reaching lost people for Jesus in the parts of the world that we can't reach from Alexandria, but through missionaries, we can. We will be spirit-led people. Depending on the Holy Spirit for guidance and direction as God graciously uses us to be his ambassadors, his representatives in the world. And lastly, we will be people of respect, recognizing the value and importance of each and every person that is made in the image and likeness of God as we value life and as we value people. When we think about the vision and the mission and the values that, that, that drive us forward as a church family, we must also recognize that there's a purpose for the church to exist. As I mentioned, worship, fellowship, discipleship, outreach, and service. Let's just define them briefly together. Worship is all about focusing on and being motivated by Jesus in all that we say and all that we do. That's what true worship is. Fellowship is building healthy relationships in Christ through shared experiences together. We're called to do this and be this. Nobody can be a lone soldier in the body of Christ and be obedient to the word of God. Discipleship is about becoming more like Jesus as we mature in the faith, as we grow up in Christ. Outreach is that, sharing the good news with Jesus throughout the world. And finally, service. Meeting the needs of others by relying on the power of the Spirit and our God-given gifts, talents, and resources as we steward what God has given us to love people well. So how do we accomplish this here at Alexandria Covenant Church? What are the things that we actually do that accomplish the vision, mission, values, and purpose for why we exist? Organizationally, we are a church that is made up of ministry teams upon which we see the ministry team as the extension of the church into the world where we can be the collective hands and feet of Jesus. We have nearly 30 different ministry teams in our church where we have leaders that make up these teams and volunteers that serve on these teams so that through this team, we can meet a need in the church and in the community. If you serve on any of those teams in a leadership capacity or as a volunteer, thank you, church family. That's awesome. We have teams like our children's ministry team and our youth ministry teams that are purely focused on children and youth. We have a worship ministry team that, that, that builds for us week in and week out worship services. We have benevolent ministry team that meets the financial needs of those with shortfalls in our community and in our faith family. 
We have a global mission team that, that, that really uh, is the catalyst to the partnerships with our global mission efforts. We have a regional mission team and we have a local mission team. We have numerous teams, adult ministry team, men's team and women's team. Places that are intended to build and foster and grow and help the church to become mature in Christ as we reach out to others. We have 13 local mission partnerships, seven regional mission partnerships, and 13 global mission partnerships. We have numerous individuals who are members and attendees of our church who are actively involved in our community and on a much larger regional and global scale of reaching people for Jesus, and we can be really grateful for that. Thank you, church family. There's an insert in your bulletin that I want to draw your attention to because though they're numbers, it's not the numbers that I want to highlight. It's what's happening as a result of these numbers that becomes the emphasis. Church family, do you realize that our family by number is 2,148 people? Of course, when you look around, it certainly isn't that now, but we have three services and not everybody attends every week. You attend on average about 2.5 Sundays a month. We keep track of that. <laughs> we have eight people who are older than 92, at least that we know of. And 1,022 people are 72 people who are under 22. It tells us our church family is growing younger, not older which is good for the viability of the future of our church. We celebrated 92 people making a decision for Jesus and finding new life in Christ through the influence of our church family this past year, and that's worth celebrating. Amen? We welcomed 24 new members. We had 11 births. Uh, we had 22 infant baptisms and dedications 19 immersion baptisms, and if you haven't been baptized, it's one of the commands that Jesus has on your life. I hope you'll choose baptism out of obedience to Christ next Sunday, and that number will likely double. We've had 11 funerals, 10 weddings. Our children in student ministry by makeup is infant to fifth grade, 442 students. Student ministry, 6 to 12, 396 students. It takes more than 750 volunteers for the ministry of the church to be effective. You can see the breakdown of our volunteers and thank you, church family, for responding in this capacity. How awesome is that? We approved a few weeks ago at our annual meeting a new budget for this fiscal year of $1,856,400. If you want to know how that money is broke out for mission and ministry, right there it is for you, by dollar and percentage. This past fiscal year, our budget was $1,820,000. Church superseded that by $11,000. Thank you, church family, for your generosity. That is awesome. By the way, this isn't about growing a piggy bank for the church. This is about utilizing resources to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is giving to mission. This is giving to ministry. This isn't giving to pat anybody's pocket. Too many people in the world have that perception of the church. That's not this church. We have nearly 600 giving units to our budget. 
of which about 15% give the bulk of the budget. You do the math. We can do better, church. If I was to be um, forward with you, I would suggest our giving potential for mission and ministry is astronomical in comparison to what we actually take in. My plea for you today is not for money. My plea for you today is for you responding to getting on board with what mission and ministry God has for us so that we can grow the kingdom of God more effectively and go further together. If you flip that page over, what you'll realize is that our global, regional, and local mission partnerships are all listed right there for you. So you can see who we're partnering with, where we're partnering in the world. One of the things that we're doing consistently is that once a month, on the fourth Sunday of the month, we have a missionary or a local mission organization that comes to share with us about the ministry that they do locally or globally. The only way they get up here to talk to you about what they're doing is if they're a partner with us in ministry. And so as people sometimes say to me, Pastor, we don't know what's going on. I want to say to you, well, pay attention. (laughs) We're not hiding this from you. We want you to be aware. We want you to know so that you know what we're about and what we're up to in this world because what we're up to is building God's kingdom here on earth. I want to tell you that we have a wonderful staff. And I'm grateful for every staff member and every staff member's family. It's a huge commitment to serve the church in the capacity that our staff does. And I want to praise God and thank God for you as we together lead this church family. Can we do that this morning? And in case you recognize the need for the staff that we have, or you're one of those who says, you know what, man, we have a lot of staff. Do we really need all those staff? You're welcome to come and see the amount of ministry and and mission and, and activity that happens through this church requires order and organization and staff to be effective in what we do. And yes, every position is truly needed. So thank you for your support. As we think of children and youth ministry, we, we, we love to celebrate new life in Christ. Just a couple weeks ago, we had a student come to faith at camp, and we celebrated that. We have a great facility here that, that allows us the opportunity to disciple children and disciple youth so that they can grow up in Christ. It's not about our square footage It's about the lives that are being changed as a result of teaching and and helping these children know the word of God. We had 55 second graders sign up to do Bibles by the bedside, of which over 40, like 42 or five, something like that, completed their their, their time in the word of God. And, And how cool is that? That's so exciting. God's changing even children's hearts. At VBS, there was a young boy who, he just had a birthday and he got $80 for his birthday. And you know what he did with that $80? 
He gave it to the mission project for audio Bibles so that he could buy two audio Bibles for kids in Haiti and the Dominican Republic who would never otherwise hear the word of God. How cool is that? What little kid gives away their birthday money so that people can hear God's word? That kid did. And that's awesome. And we celebrate that. Our adult ministry is continuing to to move and to grow and to try to understand how to better meet the needs of the church family. This past year, there was 56 people who volunteered. There was 38 groups and classes that happened, 22 events between all church events and you would say men's, women's, and other type of events related for adults. We have 412 one-year Bible participants who are journeying together through the one-year Bible read-through. That's awesome. Isn't that great? I hope you're one of them. If not, it's not too late, so don't feel guilty about it. Just get on board. Don't look back. Look ahead. We did one mission trip that was actually a combined mission trip with our students. Intergenerational ministry is happening. Nearly 50 people went to the Alaska Christian College, just got back a few weeks ago, serving and making a difference in our world for Jesus' sake. And then there's the immeasurable growth of becoming like Jesus. Oh, and then there's our senior group. You know, those, I don't know how to even categorize you, 65 plus? Who did I just offend? Let me tell you something, seniors. I love the seniors of our church. And I love that we're able to provide a pastor to really be a point person to care for you and Pastor Greg. And I love the fact that the seniors of this church are a great example to the rest of us of how to do community together. Something that those of us who are younger are trying to figure out. How do we do life together? How do we do community together? How do we recognize the need for one another in the midst of the busyness and chaos of life? Seniors, thank you for teaching us. Don't stop teaching us. And don't give up on us. We need your help. We need your help. If we think of highlights from worship and tech ministry, our online community and live streaming continues to grow. It's one way for our church family when they can't be here on Sunday morning to stay connected to us. Did you know that some Sundays there's as many people in an online worship service as there are people in service in person? That changes the dynamic of our congregation. Our congregation is much different than just the people we see on Sunday morning in the pews. It's much bigger and broader than that. There's nearly 20 students between tech ministry and worship ministry that have found their place of service in the church. And I'm thankful for that because there's a lot of us who don't understand the technology But these students get it like that, and they're rocking it, and I'm grateful for it. We've expanded our technology quite a lot lately, and and I hear people say, boy, pastor, we sure put a lot of money into that. Actually, we did. You're right. And unapologetically so. We're reaching more people with the message of the gospel than we would have even five years ago. 
But I also want you to know this, a lot of the technology that's been developed and advanced here has not come through the expense of our budget. It's come also by way of people giving donated gifts to the church for this purpose. So are we being good stewards? Absolutely. Are people getting on board with the vision? Absolutely. Making it possible? Yes. David, our director of tech ministry, is is also assisting other churches with vision and consulting of their tech development for audio and video needs. This isn't just for us, church. It extends way beyond our walls. We want to be a church that can help others grow and and help others be uh, champions in the kingdom and, and share the gospel. David's been reaching uh, and working with for vision and consulting uh, churches in Lowry, Wheaton, Uppsala, Alexandria, Kensington, and Wilmer. Isn't that cool? Way beyond us. This morning for the first time, Kensington Covenant Church is joining us. Their pastor retired. And so in the season of trying to evaluate what's next, They gathered collectively as a church family, and they're participating with us this morning as a congregation. That is amazing, and I'm glad that they're with us today. When it comes to the focus of the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, I want to let you know where we've been and where we're going. Being in the pulpit now for only a year and a half Sometimes I think people are wondering, like, Pastor, where are you taking us and what are you doing with us? I'm just going to tell you. You know, growing up, I was an athlete and I had the privilege of having great coaches and being on championship teams. And here's the thing about being in that environment. When all else fails, you get back to the basics. The fundamentals matter. And I got to tell you that COVID wrecked the church world, not just in Alexandria, all around the world. Churches are trying to figure out how in the world do we move forward because what was is no longer and we don't know what to do moving forward. And so I want you to know I'm kind of there too, but what I sense the Lord leading me to do is taking us back to the basics so that as we're a church on mission, we don't lose sight of what we're about. Year one in the pulpit, if you can recall, was all about Jesus and the gospel. Enough already, Pastor. We, we get the gospel, do we? <laughs> We're going to spend the time on Jesus. We're going to spend the time on the gospel so that we do not lose sight of the significance of that. Year number two, which is where we are now, the mission of the church, the book of Acts. From Jesus and the gospel to the mission of the church, We're going to hang on the mission of the church until we really settle in and understand that we're all about Jesus, we're all about the gospel, and we're all about being on mission. Year number three, we're going to get into making disciples and growing up in Christ together. So in case you're wondering what the method of the madness is behind my time in the pulpit, this is it. Helping you know Jesus and the gospel, helping you understand the mission of the church so that we can Be disciples who make disciples and grow up in Christ. And there's no better time to hit the reset button than right now when everyone else is floundering and trying to figure out what to do. We turn to Jesus. That's what we're going to do. Martin Luther said, preaching the word of God is the highest form of worship in the church. I actually agree with him. I agree with him. And I want you to know that my greatest responsibility as your pastor 
is to faithfully preach and teach the Word of God. This I will do. And if I'm going to put the time in to prepare sermons week in and week out, I'm going to take the time to deliver them. That's been a change for the congregation, I know. A lot of people think eight minutes is enough. 18 is pretty good. 25, beyond that, we can't handle. But pastor, you go like 35, 40 minutes. This is crazy. Well, can I say this gently? Get used to it. That's not changing. Teaching and preaching the word of God is hard work. And if there's no higher form of worship than that, then I would not be leading you well if we didn't take time to be in the Word. Most services are scheduled around 60 minutes. If that's still your frame of reference, I'm going to change that for you. We actually build our services around 65 and 70 minutes. So when you get out five minutes past the hour and you're thinking, man, pastor went late again today, that's just a matter of perspective. (laughs) So I'm going to change it for you. When we get out five minutes after, you're still five minutes early, so don't complain about it again, okay? (laughs) Our denomination just met for an annual meeting, and many of you are interested in what the results of that are. I want you to know that we have voted in strong leaders who are committed to the Word of God, are orthodox in their theology, and I think, and I believe personally, are good leaders to lead us forward as a denomination. Many great things are happening within the broader covenant family that are worth celebrating. Our covenant family is made up of about 900 churches, 1,800 clergy. A global outreach, just to celebrate a couple things, uh, just this year, $785,000 to Covenant World Relief and Development as humanitarian aid has gone out to Ukraine. We as a church support Covenant Kids Congo and World Vision. I want to share with you a little bit more on that, that they continue to reach more people with the gospel through its mission of bringing transformation through clean water, healthcare, education, agriculture, economic development, and child protection. Covenant continues to add missionaries upon which we continue to add support for missionaries. Our most recent one was Jamie Kim, whom you heard from just a couple weeks ago. The church's stance on human sexuality remains unchanged. It's biblically strong. It's orthodox. And it's true to the word of God. As a... pertains to marriage. The Bible teaches that marriage is to be between one man and one woman for life. If you're single in life, you're to be celibate. That's God's standard for our life as Christians. As your pastor, I want you to know that I'm immovable on that matter. And I will not adjust to the cultural winds and teachings should they be anything other than that. Now, I also, let me say this, for some of you, first of all, I want to define that clap. That clap is affirming the word of God and its teaching. 
Some of you in here may have been offended by that clap because you bear the pain of family members who are in gay marriages or relationships, or you yourself might be struggling with sexual identity issues. I want you to hear this loudly and clearly. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. We will not separate one sin over the other. We're all sinners saved by grace. And I want to be consistent in how we handle sin in the world and in the church. And I want you to know that as I pastor you and as I teach you the word of God, God's standard for our lives is holiness, conformity to the image and likeness of God. And I'm going to be unapologetic as to what the word of God says about our life and the Christian standard for our life. That doesn't mean I'm not loving and I'm not caring for you. What that means is I'm going to point you to Jesus and I'm going to show you what the word of God says about how we live a holy life before a holy God. So please know we are a church that loves you, but we will not affirm or celebrate every type of lifestyle that the culture wants to bring into the church we will affirm and celebrate the Christian standard for holiness as defined by the word of God. The denomination continues in its blessed initiative of making disciples and using it as an evangelistic tool to reach more people with the gospel upon which we as a church are doing as well. North Park Theological Seminary launched what is called the School of Restorative Arts located at Statesville Correction Center in Chicago. One of the cool redemptive stories of this is this past year, they graduated some 30 students with a seminary education in prison who are going to remain in prison and be messengers of the gospel. Isn't that cool? There's a lot of connecting points for our church to enrich our community and to develop more relationships with one another. Sunday night worship services are happening on a quarterly basis. We're trying to schedule and provide more regular church events, opportunities for community, points of connection like last year's Bless and Blossom, our Sunday morning brunch where we shared a meal together. A few weeks ago, we had our summer fest coming up. We have Acres of Hope on August 12th. Our fall launch is happening in September, and we also do Wednesday, Wednesday evening meals for those who are here on campus on Wednesday nights. These are all opportunities to generate connecting points to create community. Now, I want you to hear this, church family. We can do all we can as a staff and as a leadership to provide connecting points, but the very thing I can never do, nor can we as leaders, is give to you the responsibility that you need or take the responsibility on that belongs to you for you to develop relationships and make connections and foster a community that you're looking to be a part of. We will do our part individually. We must own our responsibility to create the kind of community that we want here. As I look ahead, something that beats near and dear to my heart is rural ministry impact. We have rural communities all around us where churches are dying 
where the influence of the church is being diminished. And we're a church that has ability and resources to help encourage pastors and congregations in the rural context all around us to continue to be on mission for Jesus. And that we will do. In partnership with the Northwest Conference, as well as Oak Hills Christian College, we hosted our first uh, rural leadership development impact conference here in March. We had over 100 rural pastors come, nearly 100, and their leadership team members to be trained, developed, and encouraged in ministry to go back into their context and serve the Lord faithfully. We will continue to do this. As we develop partnerships with our district churches, which is on the back of, uh, of that insert, we have already and will continue to provide pulpit supply, financial support, tech support, resource and leadership develop, development, ministry support, vacation relief, care for their pastors and the families, and walking along churches like Kensington Covenant that are in transition as a retired pastor is now left. We will continue these things. The ministry of this church goes beyond the walls because we care about people. Ministry and mission alignment of our leadership team and staff continues to be a focus so that we steward well the resources we have for maximum impact of kingdom building. We have a ministry fair coming up on August 21st that will inform you as a church family of all the ways you can connect to serve and connect to grow within our church family. We're launching our fall ministry focus on September 11th so you can gear yourself up and pray yourself up for that. And I'm proud of Pastor Dave for the work he's put into developing our adult groups that will be coming up this fall. He's been working on, on hard on, on helping us understand the value and the need to provide group experiences to foster greater community and develop growth in the church. Jesus started with a small group, and as a result, those groups grew, and here we are today. He left by giving the command to go and make disciples, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. We have four types of groups we're going to introduce to the church family. I guess I am right now. The first type of group is a connection group, and these groups are for people to connect with each other short-term, and the emphasis is just simply on connection, building relationships. Care groups, these are groups for people who are experiencing life's hurts such as grief, addiction, and divorce. We want to care for you. Study groups are groups for people who want to dive deeper into the Word of God with one another. And then the life groups. These are groups for people who share an extended season of life together. The goal is to become more fully devoted and developed followers of Jesus Christ. As we read earlier in Ephesians 4, that we will grow up in Christ and become mature in Him. There's two ways that we can make the big church small and find community. One is by serving, and the other is by joining a group. And this is my invitation for you to do both. The bottom line is that as a church family, we are truly better together. Together, we can go further on mission and we can grow deeper in Christ than we ever could on our own. Church family, I'm excited to be your pastor. I'm excited 
to lead you into the future. And I'm excited for what God has in store for Alec Covenant Church. Let's pray. God, thank you for the church. Thank you for the privilege of being part of your family. God, as we have just recognized this morning the good work you're doing through our family, help us to give thanks and to give praise, but also help us to stay focused and on mission so that the kingdom of God could grow beyond our four walls, that we can maximize our impact in our community, in our region, and around the world. We love you, Jesus. And we're so grateful to be a part of the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen.